If I'm the security guard, I'm letting John Locke in and quitting my job on the spot. Fuck that guy. Honestly, he's like a piece of shit just by the transitive property, which I don't know what that is. Is it mornings like this that you regret doing the podcast or? I just regret all mornings ever. (laughs) Welcome back everyone to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we're covering episode 19, Deus Ex Machina. I don't know why you don't look up pronunciations. It's Latin, Lauren. You, You spelled it wrong in your notes, first of all. No, I even looked at the episode title when I was writing it to make sure I wrote it right. Hold on. No, you put Deus Ex Machina. How do you spell it? D-E-U-S. It must have autocorrected. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, it's too early for this shit. Well, it's a lock-centric episode, so I was very excited. And I'm guessing you weren't. I was not. I was not excited. And that was validated by the end. Oh, this is a great episode. You're wrong. I guess. <laughs> Give me your synopsis. Okay, here's my synopsis. After a creepy dream, Locke and Boone find a small plane crashed on the island. Meanwhile, Jack helps Sawyer discover the reason for his headaches. And maybe mine? <laughs> Pretty good. All right, I got some quick bits here. Only three this time around since last week was so long. Great, I'll, I'll take a quick nap while you do that. You gotta stop yawning. I can't. I'm tired. <laughs> Did you not make any coffee? I don't drink coffee. Neither do I. I have a Keurig in my apartment solely for Kate. I have coffee like in my house, but I don't really ever drink it. And you drink coffee? No. We don't even have a coffee maker. I have like instant coffee if I do make it. And then I add like a bunch of almond milk and a bunch of vanilla. And like it's not coffee by the end of it. Going forward, just finish the yawn before you talk. I can't help it. There, just don't just, talk when you yawn. I can't. I didn't even notice that I did it. It's just like a perpetual yawn for the next two hours while I wake up. <laughs> this episode was directed by Robert Mandel. I can pronounce that one. I looked at his IMDb. Really, the only thing that I know that he's worked on is Prison Break and Lost. We only did one episode each. But he's done a bunch of TV movies and after school specials. I think he did Carrie 2, which I didn't know they had a sequel to that. But ironically, for someone who doesn't really seem to have a huge pedigree, he did like one of the more popular episodes of Lost. So when you were watching this episode and you saw Locke's parents, did you think they just didn't look that old compared to him? Yes, I did. I thought that the whole time. That's because Swoozie Kurtz and Kevin Teague, who play Locke's parents, are both only eight years older than Terry O'Quinn. Are you joking? I thought maybe they were like 20 years older and they just like are going with the narrative of like, oh, they had them young or had him young. But that's crazy. They just slapped a really bad wig on Terry O'Quinn and they were like, he's young now. Do you wear wigs? (laughs) And 
Des ex machina is Latin, and it means any situation where something unexpected or implausible is brought into the storyline to resolve situations or disentangle a plot. Totally. And that's Wait. essentially what the plane is. Say that again? What's the definition? Any situation where something unexpected or implausible is brought into the storyline to resolve situations or disentangle a plot. Okay, that's fine. Buck, wait up. Don't tell me what I can't do! (laughs) How about we get into it? I've been into it. The episode starts out with a flashback. Locke is working at Toy Zone, setting up Mousetrap. And he describes to a kid that setting up each piece as the game progresses until your opponent is right where you want them and they spring the trap, which basically just foreshadows the flashback storyline for the entire episode. Yep. Locke finds a woman staring at him and she asks where footballs are. Aisle eight for regulation, aisle 15 for nerf. And the woman stares at him very intensely and Locke becomes curious by this. The trap then catches the mouse, symbolizing that he is already caught. Nice. On the island, Boone says that they have no way of opening the hatch, but Locke says that if they break the glass, they're in. I didn't get that. That glass, I couldn't even fit through that glass. What's his plan after they break the glass? Like, there's no way that they're in. I don't really know what they... Maybe they were just assuming there's a handle on the other side of the door. Maybe. It begs the question, why is there a door with no handle? It's like... Got to be like an escape route from inside. There's got to be another entrance to this thing. Good theory. Boone and Locke argue about the trebuchet as they somehow assembled it. And Boone says he does not understand Locke. He says that he knows nothing about him after spending all this time together and that everyone has a story. And Locke says, my story would bore you. Which just like is not true. (laughs) They set up the trebuchet, spring it, and the collision destroys it, but the hatch is fine. Locke screams that it was supposed to work as he kicks the hatch, and Boone points out that a piece of metal is sticking out of his leg, which he does not feel. Boone asks if he's okay, and Locke says that he's fine. Later at night, Locke has bandaged the wound, but he cannot feel his legs. He touches them, sticks himself with a needle, and even burns his foot, and he has no sensation. That was the dumbest. Okay, stick yourself with a needle. That's fine. Burning the bottom of your foot, just because you can't feel it, doesn't mean you can't get an infection. That was stupid. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. But it's, I don't really, how hot was the stick? If anything, it might have just been like a, like an ouch, not like a severe burn. It doesn't matter. That was dumb. Yeah. In the next scene, Boone and Locke continue to argue about the trebuchet, and Locke says that everything breaks with the right amount of force. They're cutting pieces of wood, and Locke tells Boone that they're just going to keep building contraptions until it eventually works. Boone asks, what if nothing works? And Locke says, well, then the island will tell us what to do. Boone is confused, but Locke tells him that they need to go back to the hatch. Locke has trouble standing up, and he tells Boone that he's fine. So this is like the first like real evidence that like Locke is thinking this island is some sort of personified spirit. Like obviously he's talked to Jack about 
you know, everything happens for a reason and this place is special. And he tells Shannon that everyone can start their new life. But this is like the first time he's really said this island will talk to us. Yeah. Just getting crazier and crazier. We get another flashback in which Locke is leaving work and the woman has followed him out to his car. He spots her and attempts to chase her down and then gets hit by a car that's backing out of a spot. Kind of lays there for a second. Did at any point you think this is it? I like for a split second, but I thought more so that it was like foreshadowing to how he's actually, because he didn't get hit that hard, but I was like, Oh, maybe this is like foreshadowing to that. He's going to get hit by a car and that's why he is in a wheelchair. I do think it's funny that they, it probably was just foreshadowing, but it, it or at least wanting you to think that some sort I, of fake out, but it was like the car was going like two miles an hour. The fact yeah, that you're like, Oh my just, God. One of those things where this whole episode, we're obviously waiting for the reason why he's in a wheelchair. And so it's just like, just one of those things where like, uh, uh, is it? No, it's not. He gets up and eventually catches up with his mother. We later learn her name is Emily. And she tells him it's his mother. They go to a diner and Locke asks what she wants from him. And she says that he is special, very special. She says that their meeting is a sign of things to come. And when Locke asks about his father, Emily says that he was immaculately conceived. I was like, no, I I know where Locke gets it. Cuckoo mother. Well, Locke didn't really seem to buy it. Yeah, but he goes on to act exactly like that. And also, I'm like, everybody on this freaking island is special. Really, like only two people. Back on the island, Sawyer shows Sun some plants and asks which one he should be using. She points out the one that he's been using this entire time, but he says it's not working. Kate walks up and asks what's going on. Sawyer says nothing, thanks Sun for her help, and compliments the garden before leaving, which I thought was weirdly nice of him, considering his mood the last couple days has just been completely irritated. Yeah, but I like that he's nice to Sun, because she's helping him. She's been going through it. She's unproblematic, like... Sun just just helps everybody. So Kate asks Sun about what all that was, and Sun says that he's getting headaches that aspirin is not even helping. Which I've always used ibuprofen for headaches. I don't know why. I get headaches all the time. Weekly, multiple a week. Pretty bad. They turn into migraines often. I take ibuprofen. I used to get really bad headaches. I'll tell you the reason why I don't anymore later. Okay. Well, I still get really bad headaches. Ironically... I had a headache while watching this episode, and it got so bad that I just had to go to bed last night because my head Did you so bad. finish it later? or No, I watched this, and then I watched the first episode of Love Island, Australia. Mm. But then I just went to bed. I got home late last night. At the time of recording, it's Black Friday. I just went straight to bed. I was like, I don't think I can power through and take the notes, so I had to wake up early and do it. Kate goes to the caves and asks Jack about headaches. He immediately asks if she's okay, but when she says she's fine, he realizes we're talking about someone else. And Kate says it's Sawyer. Jack says as much as he'd love to help, he knows that all he'd get is a one-liner and a new nickname, and that he's just over it. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Boone arrives at the hatch, and Locke tells him that he's late. Boone says that he thinks he's done with all of this, and Locke is sort of stunned. Boone argues that they can't open the hatch and we get a don't tell me what I can't do. 
Locke says that they found the hatch for a reason and they are supposed to open it. And Boone asks if they are supposed to open it, why haven't they? Locke says the island will show them eventually this is just a test of their faith and commitment and the island will send a sign. Boone asks what kind of sign and Locke looks up and sees a yellow beach craft falling from the sky. He asks if Boone saw it, but Boone is just staring at the sky. Suddenly he's covered in blood. Locke sees his mother pointing up and Boone is muttering, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs, over and over. Suddenly Locke is back in his wheelchair and he begs, don't take it back. He falls out of the chair and he wakes up from his dream, immediately checking to see if he can still move his legs. That was so creepy. So creepy. And also, not to jump ahead, but like, it was like, oh, the plane is telling him where to go. And the Teresa thing was like a real thing. But he didn't think about all the blood that was all over Boone. Yeah. He also... I'm mad. They didn't really explain his mom being there. Well, I think that just like ties into the flashbacks that... But if anything, the mom being there should have like deterred him because she like got him into some shit. I don't know. Locke wakes Boone up at the crack of dawn and tells him to follow him. We get another flashback. This one was very flashback heavy. Locke has met with a private investigator and learns about his mother. She is indeed his mother. They learned that via DNA testing. We learned that she was institutionalized. And if you look closely at the paperwork, it's the same hospital that Hurley was in. I was wondering. And she was in there for schizophrenia. But as long as she's on her medication, she's okay. Locke asks about his father. And the PI warns him, saying that this probably won't have a happy ending. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Locke says that he still wants to know. He pulls up to Anthony Cooper's house and tells the security guard that he is Cooper's son. The guard speaks with Cooper and they decide to let him in. Locke looks around the house and eventually meets Anthony Cooper. He makes them a drink and asks who found who. Locke tells the story about the Immaculate Conception and Cooper jokes that that makes him God. And with everything we're about to find out about Cooper, I think he kind of thinks he is. Cooper tells him that he did not know that he existed until after he was born. And it wasn't until Emily showed up asking for money that he learned that she put him up for adoption. He asks if Locke has a family. Locke says no. And Cooper invites Locke to go hunting with him. Locke accepts and just has this big smile. What were your like initial thoughts on like this meeting? And like, did you have any idea where this was going to go? Um, I did not have any idea where it was going to go, but when he pulls up to the guard and he's like, Cooper doesn't have a son. And then he goes, tell him I don't want anything. I'm Emily Locks. Like Emily Locke is my mother. And that's when the guard like has this face of like, oh, okay. And then he's like more willing to help. But I'm like, how old is Locke at this point? He looks like he's like 40 plus years old. So how does this guard has either been working for this Cooper dude for the past 40 years, which I'm going to go with no, but I'm pretty sure he would have been a minor 40 years ago. Like, how does he know who Emily Cooper is? I'm like, that makes me think that they've had a more recent relationship, which later on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking right. Good detective work. I know, I'm a genius. Back on the island, Locke explains the dream to Boone and how he knows where to go. Boone asks if he's using the drugs from before because signs and dreams aren't real. But Locke asks who Teresa is, saying that Dream Boone was saying Teresa falls up the stairs over and over. 
Boone asks how he knows that. Locke says he does not know, but they are supposed to find that plane. And Boone agrees to go. It feels like in this episode, there were several times where Boone was kind of snapping out of it and was like questioning Locke instead of just following him like he has in the past. And every time Locke says the right thing to get him back in, I don't think it's out of malice. I'm sure you question that a little bit, but it really does reflect the 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 flashback story where it's just like Cooper's constantly sucking Locke in. And I don't think that's what John was consciously doing, but it's what he was essentially doing. I don't think that he, that Locke had bad intentions with like constantly sucking Boone back in. I just think Locke truly believes everything he's saying and he doesn't understand why Boone wouldn't believe him. So he just keeps, you know, we got to do this. We have to do this. Like he just wholeheartedly believes it. I don't, like it but i don't think he had i can't think of the morning i don't think he had bad intentions i was gonna use a better vocab word but malice i didn't want to repeat i don't want to be redundant there we go there's a vocab word (laughs) jack finds Jin and michael throwing the raft together really quickly michael explains that the fire wasn't a total loss since they learned so much the first time saving them from trial and error i get what he's saying but I do feel like the fire was a total loss because he's saying the benefit is we were able to build the second raft so quickly. Well, without the fire, you don't need to build a second raft. I think they just like phrased it wrong because they're just saying, well, we already know what to do from the first round. So we're doing it really quickly. They're not saying like, oh, it's a good thing it burned down. <laughs> just like well, on the bright side, we can do the second round really quick. Jin yells at Michael to hurry up, and Michael shares that he's picking up on some Korean as Jin just constantly yells at him. What do you think about this pairing now that they're, like, uh, like friends working together? I don't like it. It's funny. Yeah. They're both hot-headed. It's an interesting dynamic, and we'll see it play out more as time goes on. Jack laughs at this joke that Michael has and then sees Sawyer struggling with his headaches. He approaches him and asks about his symptoms— And Sawyer gives him the smallest bit of sass, like didn't even finish the line before Jack is just like, I'm out of here. Sawyer calls him back and asks if it could be a tumor. Jack asks why he thinks it might be a tumor. And Sawyer said that his uncle died of one. Jack says that if he is concerned, there are some tests that they can run. But Sawyer says that his insurance ran out and Jack laughs before walking away. I thought that was a clever joke. Yeah, that's good. Boone is trying to rationalize Locke knowing about Teresa as they walk through the jungle, saying he must have said her name at some point, but Locke says that's not what happened. Boone asks if he dreamt of a plane crash because they were in one, and then Locke falls to the ground. He asks about his leg, but once again Locke says he's fine. And as he gets up, he finds rosary beads in a tree, and then pulls a body out from the tree. Then we get another flashback where Locke shows up at Cooper's house and finds him getting dialysis. Cooper says he's early, but Locke says he thought that they agreed upon this time. And Cooper explains that his kidneys are failing and he needs a transplant, but he's on the donor list. He's just old. Locke asks how long he has, and Cooper tells him he will be fine, and he didn't tell him because he did not want him to worry. Were you putting it together at this point? Oh, yeah. I'm no dummy. The the whole, like, I thought you said 11 or him specifically saying, like, oh, you're not supposed to be here for another hour. It's like, oh, yeah, like you didn't want 
to walk in. The guard didn't try to stop you at all. Yeah, he definitely told him 11 and then was like, oh, no. It's like when you're in middle school and you text someone and then you're like, oh, my God, that text was meant for somebody else. Yeah. It wasn't. It never is. Boone and Locke investigate the priest's body. Based on the clothing, they cannot determine how long it's been there. On him, it has a knife, a gold tooth, and Nigerian money in his pocket. Boone asks what a Nigerian priest is doing on an island in the South Pacific, and Locke finds a gun and says he's not sure he's a priest. Do you have a theory on why there's a Nigerian priest in the South Pacific? Uh, no. I mean, later they say that they're like drug smugglers. So I think they're drug smuggling Nigerian priests, I guess. So we get another scene with Sawyer and his headaches, the noises of the waves and three random background characters building a tent. I don't know what they were doing with that piece of metal where they were just like beating it. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. There was absolutely no purpose to banging on that metal. I mean, it was honestly comical because why? Why was he doing that? The noise is killing Sawyer to the point where he yells at the three of them. And then Kate tells him it's time to go see Jack. I don't understand why Kate's playing mother this entire episode to him. I don't know. Jack asks where the headache, when the headache started. Sawyer asks why Kate has to be with them. And Jack is checking his response to stimuli. He waves a pen in his face. He snaps his fingers next to his ear. And then he starts asking some questions to get some sort of a medical history. They start off like reasonable and they immediately go to have you had sex with a prostitute? Do you have an STD? When was the last outbreak? Sawyer storms off telling him to go to hell and Kate tries to tell Jack that he should actually help him. And Jack says that he needs glasses. Okay. Honestly, this whole time I was like, it's everything about his headaches. I was like, I have headaches. My headaches start in the middle of the day. I have sensitivity to light. And I was like, do I need glasses? <laughs> but I have great vision. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Our father has astigmatism in his eyes, and those are hereditary. I know. And you know what? I recently saw a TikTok video, because apparently that's all I do with my life, where it was like, this is how people see lights with an astigmatism. And I was like, like at night, when you're driving at night. And I have always had like what I call like night blindness when I'm driving like the lights blind me like I cannot see and I was like oh my god and don't you have an astigmatism I have astigmatism in both eyes (laughs) yeah so anyway I, I saw that video and then I started to try to like do like research and I'm like you know what I don't know but I don't have the money for glasses right now so I'm just gonna the first time I like took an eye test with like the rationale in my head that I need glasses. They like did the whole like one or two and it was, it was like one, everything was so clear. I did the eye test without glasses. I put an extra letter in the line because everything was so blurry. The doctor looked at me funny. They put the glasses on my face and I was, I think I said like, it's like looking at high def. See, I don't think I have that issue. I think I have really good vision. I'll tell you, I thought I had fine vision, too. I just thought it was like the light issue at night, like you were talking about. Until they put the glasses on, I was like, oh, my God, my vision is complete shit. Maybe just look into it. (laughs) 
Ah, uh, probably not going to. I was thinking about it the other day because I was showing Kate pictures of when we were younger. Obviously, I didn't wear glasses. And the first time you saw me with them on, I didn't tell you that I got them. But Kate saw a picture of me the other day when I was a kid and I wasn't wearing glasses. And she's just like, it's weird seeing you without them. And I was like, this is like a recent development. I was like halfway through college when I put them on for the first time. It's still weird to me to see you with glasses. Really? It's because you got them when I lived here. So I don't actually see you that often. I think I'm more used to it now because we do the Zoom every week for the podcast. But yeah, I'm still not used to you with glasses. Yeah. Boone asks why Locke can barely walk. And Locke just says that it's the shrapnel wound. Boone asks what's wrong with his other leg, though. And as Boone tries to take him back to Jack, Locke says that he wouldn't understand. He falls to the ground again, and Locke finally tells him that he was paralyzed for four years before coming to the island. Boone asks why he was in the chair, and Locke says it doesn't matter. But the island changed him, it made him whole, and he doesn't understand why it's taking it back. He tells Boone that he knows it is crazy, or he didn't believe it himself, but he knows that they are there for a reason, and they are meant to find this plane to get them into the hatch. Boone asks if he can walk, and Locke hits him with the, just get me on my feet, son. And Boone agrees, and they continue on. I don't think Locke realizes that Boone is also in need of a father figure, and he's basically just doing the same thing that Cooper's doing. That does not change the fact that it feels icky. Yeah, I don't think he's doing it intentionally, but he is doing it. And it it wouldn't feel so bad if we didn't know, like, where... Where it ends up, you know? Yeah. So speaking of which, Locke tells Boone the secret. Cat's out of the bag. He's now the first person to know. Did you think, uh uh-oh, Boone is marked? No, I just was surprised that he's telling people. But I think it's just that was showing his desperation, how badly he needed Boone to, like, believe his ramblings of, like, the island is special. And he was like, all right, I've got to do it. I got to pull the the wheelchair card. (laughs) wheelchair card in the next flashback Locke shoots a bird and cooper hits him with the good shot son big smile on Locke's face he's just fallen for every bit of this and cooper says that emily may be crazy but at least she brought them together while they still have time this dude goes from like i didn't want you to know that i was sick to like i'm gonna die soon and i'm gonna guilt trip you about it i want to punch this guy in the face constantly Boone and Locke rest and Boone explains that Teresa was his nanny his mother was not around and he punished Teresa for it he would summon her to the top of a huge flight of stairs over and over and over again one day she took a bad step fell and broke her neck he was six Locke starts to laugh and this pisses Boone off like any reasonable person but Locke points to the beach craft up in the canopy and Boone himself smiles Boone asks if he really saw that plane, and Locke says yes. He asks what's inside it, and Locke says he's going to have to climb up and find out. Thoughts? I was like, the music and this part was really, really ominous. And I'm like, this is a bad idea. He should not be climbing up there. Every time I watch this, I think to myself, maybe they could have just climbed up there and pushed the plane down and then, like, scavenged it. But the, like, radio wouldn't have worked. Saeed could have fixed it. Okay. 
Another flashback. Locke and Cooper are at a hospital. Locke is giving him a kidney. Cooper says that he can still change his mind, but Locke says no. Cooper thanks him, and Locke says this was meant to be. A nurse comes in, and Cooper says, I'll see you on the other side, son. Just fucking so much fucking bullshit. Hate this guy so goddamn much. It's interesting to me that, like, this whole thing with his dad, it's like, oh, it was meant to be, you know, they brought us together and everything. And then he ends up getting totally screwed, but then he completely takes on that mentality with the island. It's just interesting because I feel like if I had an experience like that where somebody was constantly being like, fate brought us together for the rest of my life, I'd be like, nothing means anything. Like, none of this shit matters. I feel like this episode really shines a different light on Locke because the entire season he's been like mysterious like wise so sure and you're like he he's up to something he knows something do you still feel like he is all those things or do you feel like he's just kind of like stumbling through the dark i think he is like those things but now that like things aren't just like perfectly working in his favor like well, I mean, really just now that his legs are starting to, like, give out, I think he's panicking. Because I think when he woke up on this island and he could walk, he was, like, a new man. He had all this confidence and, like, the person that he had never been before the island. And now it's, like, being stripped away and he's returning to, like, the pre-island lock. Sad old man looking for yeah. purpose. Yeah, exactly. Jack walks up to Sawyer and points out that he's been reading a lot since they got to the island. He tells Sawyer that he has hyperopia. Sawyer is concerned, despite not knowing what that means. He's farsighted. Jack explains that can develop later in life with a new strain to the eyes like reading. They start testing several pairs of glasses. And in Saeed's only scene of the episode, he breaks two pairs of glasses apart and melts them together. If he somehow won Hottie of the Week off that off that one scene, I'm going to be so annoyed. No, he didn't, but I thought about it. <laughs> Sawyer puts the glasses on, and they work. And Hurley immediately tells him it looks like someone steamrolled Harry Potter, and everybody laughs at Sawyer. Sawyer asks if Jack is enjoying this, and Jack simply says, you're welcome, before leaving. Kate gives Sawyer a look of amusement as he puts the glasses on again. What were your thoughts on Jack this episode? He was kind of funny. Kind of like just fed up with Sawyer's shit, but was like, oh, I, you know, took an oath. So here's your fucking glasses. <laughs> I do think it's funny that he like he kind of established dominance a little bit in this episode with Sawyer. Yeah, I think so. Didn't take any shit. Helped him, but like, you know, embarrassed him in a way, but not like nothing too serious. Like, I feel like those questions that he asked, like, sure, you know, it's an invasion of privacy a little bit, but also it's like. I feel like you could have assumed those things about Sawyer. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty entertained by Jack. So entertained that he is hottie of the week. Really? Yeah, it was actually between Jack and Sawyer. But I just liked Jack's, like, confidence. He was like, I don't know. I just like he was giving Sawyer shit. Like, it was pretty funny when he was asking those questions. And, like, I just, yeah, and he was hot. Remind me to update the spreadsheet. I was wondering who would be hot of the week. I feel like this episode, not a lot of hotness happened. And there was, it was really like 
There's like five characters in this episode. You know what's so funny that I just remembered right now? What? Jack is not hottie of the week. Oh. I wrote someone else down, but I feel like I have to give it to Jack now that I just said it out of my heart. Well, who'd you give it to? Boone. Really? Yes. I wrote down Boone. Because he was, my reasoning was because I'm jumping ahead, but it's just because he was like questioning Locke this episode, kind of having a mind of his own and like all the climbing and stuff. And he has very beautiful eyes. All right. Well, who are we going with? Um, you want to give it a tie? I, I might mess up. I I think Boone is who like during the episode was the most giving getting most of my attention. All right. Boone is Saudi of the week. I don't know how I just messed that up so bad. Oh, it's probably because you're smitten with Jack. He's so great. I think lately. it's because it was supposed to be Jack. Like it was. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I guess I'll just give it to Jack. And then I was like, oh, no, I think I'll give it to Boone. And considering Boone might be running out of time, you might as well give it to him while you can. Well, yeah. But um, since we're on the topic, I just want to tell you a little insight into a conversation. I don't even know if we've gotten to this part yet, but when Boone is like climbing to get into the plane. It's the next scene, but yeah. Okay. So in the next scene, Boone is climbing to get into the plane. And Andrew watched this episode with me last night. And he was like, didn't you think that Damon was hot in Vampire Diaries? Ian Summerhalder. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he goes, well, like, why don't you ever have him on your list? And I was like, my list? And he goes, your list of of the hot guys. I was like, oh, my God, you actually listen to the podcast? (laughs) And he was like, he looked at me like I was an idiot. And I was like, well, because he's kind of whiny and like, I don't really like, I've never considered him because he's kind of annoying. And then Andrew goes, Oh, you like confidence. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he goes, get in the fucking kitchen. And I was like, shut your fucking mouth. He goes, okay, I'm sorry. Don't hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I miss Andrew. Yeah. Well, whatever. (laughs) It is funny at the time of recording, the next episode that comes out is hearts and minds where we just kind of shit on Boone the entire episode. It's funny how quickly opinions can change. Because I feel like this was a really good Boone episode. Yeah, like, I think ever since he's been drugged and he's, like, kind of getting his confidence. And But I just like to see him going against the cult leader, even though he didn't actually go against him. He just tried to. I do have one moment where I'm confused by Boone, but I, can under, I understand where he's coming from, but let's get there first. So he, he climbs up, he gets to the canopy and climbs into the plane. With every movement, the plane shifts. And Boone finds a map of Nigeria, which makes you question why it's in the South Pacific again, if they only have a map of Nigeria. And the plane shifts forward. One of the other bodies falls on top of him. Locke calls out to him and Boone says he's fine. Locke summons the strength to stand up and he asks what he found. Boone pokes his head out the window and throws down a Virgin Mary statue full of heroin. Boone is pissed and Locke is confused, just saying, I don't understand. Boone's like, is this your sign? Like, this is what the island wants you to see? It's just heroin. I understand where he's coming from. 
it is very unlike clear what the purpose of all this was. But he still dreamt of this plane and knew about Teresa. So like I feel like why are you questioning it? Yeah, I could get that, but at the same time, like he's like, I basically carried you out here. I had to climb up into this rickety plane. A dead body fell on me. All for Virgin Mary's full of heroin. Like, why? I think he's it's more he's more mad at the situation. Like, obviously, Locke didn't know. And with everything that happened, like him dreaming about it, I would be pretty convinced too. If I dreamt of the plane and then found it, I'd be like, absolutely, there's something in there that we need. But he's just mad at the situation. He's like, we did all that for nothing. Speaking of what they found, your first thoughts? Uh, Heroin, Charlie, not good, not good. You got to feel like this island just fucking is cruel to people. Like it's taking away Locke's ability to walk and they find a shit ton of heroin. Yeah, that's really not good. Boone continues to search the plane and he turns on the radio. Locke hears the static from the ground and the plane shifts a huge amount. It's barely hanging on to the canopy. Locke tells him to get out, but Boone calls for a mayday. He hears a voice. He tells them that they're survivors of Flight 815. The voice responds, and then the plane falls. Did you hear what the voice said back to him? No, and I was going to rewind it and try to listen. Something about, like, there's no survivors of 815. I don't know what they said. What did they say? I will not tell you. It what? Will be, it will be revealed. But oh. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. The captions got it wrong. So we're not supposed to know what they said? If you heard it, then good on you. You will eventually know what is said more clearly, but I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm so confused, though. I thought I just didn't hear it because I wasn't like properly paying attention. I don't think you were supposed to hear it, really. I don't think like if you did. Awesome. It was said correctly. It wasn't like a situation where like when they when you go back and you hear it again, they're like, oh, we're going to pretend like this is what was said the whole time. But with everything that was happening, I don't think you were entirely supposed to hear it because they got bigger problems. Okay, But just keep that in the back of your mind for a while. Okay. Do you have a theory based off of anything that I just said? No, I'm just confused. I want to just go back and try to hear it. One more time. What do you think was said? I don't know. I thought like something along the lines of like, there were no survivors of 815 or there is no 815 or something like that. That's what the caption said. What? There is no 815? The caption said there were no survivors of 815. That was not right. Okay. But speaking of the bigger problems, the plane slams into the ground. Locke struggles to get to his feet, crawls into the plane, and pulls out Boone, who is covered in blood like he was in the dream. Locke hoists him onto his back and carries him. I was his pretty, legs suddenly work. Yeah, I, I was pretty mad at this point. I Walk was me like, through it. Well, he did all this shit. He convinced Boone to go out there because he's like, obsessed with the island and all the signs and all this crap and then now Boone is very hurt and I'm pretty mad. Locke was telling him to get out. 
Okay, but he put him up there in the first place. Like, that's like telling somebody to go play in traffic. And then, like, when the traffic is getting really bad, like, get out of the road. Like, okay, but he's there because of you. If Locke's legs worked, do you think he would have gone up on his own? Yeah, I do. But it's just like, this is your whole thing, dude. Like, it's your crazy thing that you're chasing. I just, I feel bad. Like, I don't think he, you know, wanted Boone to get hurt or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I feel bad because Boone just wanted to impress Locke. And he, like, got the whole daddy issues thing. And Locke essentially just did to Boone what his dad did to him. Sins of the father, a very common theme in this show. Kate asks if Jack knew before or after he asked about his last SCD outbreak. And Jack says, doctor-patient confidentiality. Kate thanks him for helping, but Jack says he did not do it for him. Kate smiles, but the mood is ruined when Locke runs into the caves calling for Jack. They place Boone down, and he asks what happened. Locke lies and says Boone fell off a cliff. Which is not entirely a lie, but like great omission of detail. Jack orders Kate to get anything that he can use to stop the bleeding. And when she freezes, Jack yells at her. He asks Locke exactly what happened out there, but Locke is gone. This made me really, really mad. Like, you're just going to dump this dude? Like, it's your fault. And then just dumps him and runs. Why do you think he ran? Well, because he wanted to go have like a... uh, a cry fest a moment yeah he needed i mean he was upset i get it but like you you gotta follow through with your mistakes dude like i don't do you, know do you think it was shame or do you think he didn't want to like explain everything like oh we can't I, get the hatch open, I think so i had a dream i think he didn't want to tell people what was going on and that's what pissed me off it's like you know what your stupid island mission is not more important than boone's life right now so we get one more flashback Locke wakes up and Cooper is gone. The nurse tells him what he did was so kind. And Locke asks where his father is. The nurse says that she was not aware that that was his father and that he checked out under private care. Locke asks if he was left a message and the nurse says no and tells him to relax. Locke's really confused. And then he kind of winces in pain from obviously the surgery. Did you think maybe this was it? I was like wondering, I'm like, but I'd be like, I was like, that'd be a stretch. If like, they botched the surgery. I mean, it's like, okay, the kidneys are like, you go in through the back. Like, I guess it's kind of near the spine, but I'd be like, that's a really bad surgeon. Also, the doctor would like be there to tell him like, oh, we fucked up. Yeah, I, I just thought, but I thought that it might have been like a psychosomatic thing. Like. Mm. It was like all of a sudden he couldn't walk and it was just no medical reason. But obviously that's not what happened. Emily is there and she says that it was Cooper's idea. She says she needed money. So he made him take part in the con. All of it was planned to make Locke give him his kidney. Locke says this cannot be happening to him. This has to be some misunderstanding. Cooper wouldn't do this to him. Did you ever suspect that this is what eventually it was going to lead to? And if so, like when were you like, oh, no. I didn't think that he was going to abandon him. I thought it was like, I want your kidney. 
but that like they'd still have a relationship. I didn't realize he was going to be like, I want your kidney. Oh, and fuck off. Like that's cruel. The music just from this scene out, it's, it just breaks my heart with, with everything. And, and uh huge shout out to Terry O'Quinn and his acting just phenomenal in this episode. Locke gets out of his bed and he drives to Cooper's house and the security guard doesn't let him in. Says he's not accepting guests right now. The I'm not a guest broke my heart. This security guard. If I'm the security guard, I'm letting John Locke in and quitting my job on the spot. Fuck that guy. Honestly, he's like a piece of shit just by the transitive property, which I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, like, I I could tell that he felt really bad about what he was doing, but he was still doing it. So he he played a part in this. Locke gets out of his car and walks up to the gate saying he knows Cooper can see him. He says, you can't do this. And the guard tells him to leave again. Locke drives away. He hits his mirror. He punches the roof of his car. He pulls over and lets out a scream as he shakes his steering wheel and just starts to cry. Again, the music is just killing me here. Back on the island, Locke is on top of the hatch, beating against it, crying. And he screams, I've done everything you wanted me to do, so why did you do this to me? And then a light turns on. From inside the hatch, Locke stares at it in disbelief and wonder. And the episode ends. I did not expect the light to turn on. That was interesting. So that means someone's in there? You think someone's in there? I mean, like, who else turned a light on? Maybe it's motion activated. (laughs) Unless, like, the island controls it. I don't know. I just was like, what the fuck? Do you have any sort of theory about what that light is, what it means? No, I don't at all. I was thinking, like... What if the whole time the island was like, I'll show you the hatch, but not Boone. So they had to get rid of Boone for the, the hatch to be like revealed to lock. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, now the light turns on when Boone's not there. As if Boone is a sacrifice that the island demanded. Uh, not necessarily that. I just thought like uh, Boone needs to be somewhere else. Not like Boone needs to die. Mm. Just like. Boone can't be a part of this. This is just for you, John Locke. I feel like the dream could have said that. And they could have just been like, hey, Boone, maybe stay home. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't actually think that that's the case. But I was like, maybe Locke would take it that way. But it is interesting. Oh, the other thing I was going to say was that when Locke was in the car, like, getting really mad, I was like, car accident. That's how he's going to. But obviously. That, was that would just be a shit day. Well, I mean, eventually he's going to be in that wheelchair. We still don't even know why. Do you have any, like any guess? No, like, I don't know if it's going to be like some revenge mission to get like revenge on his dad. And somehow he ends up like getting hurt. But like, I just can't like, once again, another traumatic thing that's happened in his life that has nothing to do with why he's in the wheelchair. So this guy has just, so much bad shit happening to him. Yeah. <laughs> when he was crying over the hatch, like at that point, I was really, really mad at him. Like I was really bad. But I think that I, my anger was lessened when I saw him in like so much pain. Cause like I could tell he felt really bad. 
And even though like, it was just like a really bad accident that I still think is his fault. I'm still mad at him, but I'm like 30% less mad at him. Yeah. I feel like this episode does a really good job of balancing it out. Cause like, obviously it was Locke's fault, but you, at least for me, you still are like, Oh my God, like this guy, your life just sucks, dude. Yeah. Here is one question that I was thinking about as I wanted to punch Anthony Cooper in the face. Is he on the level of Susan? I wonder the same thing. Um, he actually, uh, interestingly, he did not evoke as much anger in me as Susan, but I do think he's more evil than Susan. Because Susan, you could argue, like, wasn't a bad person. I No, you can't argue that. She's a terrible person. But I don't think she knew she was a bad person. Yeah. Cooper if, knows. Cooper was like, intentionally like everything he did was planned it's like yeah exactly so like with with what's her face susan with susan she's just a bad person like she's just selfish and wasn't really thinking about michael or her son really but like it wasn't like she pre-planned it it's like first degree murder versus second degree murder. Like you're both murderers. You're both bad people. It's just, but for some reason, I still hate Susan more. (laughs) Unfortunately, Susan is the only dead one at this point. And lastly, please tell me you did not see anything about next episode. No, as soon as it went lost, I turned around and I pointed my remote and I backed out of Hulu. I didn't see the title. I didn't see anything. Thank you. Please do that going forward. Okay. Who is next week about? Okay. Part of me thinks Boone, because I'm assuming they're going to be like trying to save him the whole time. Part of me thinks maybe Shannon, because like, it'll be of Shannon and Boone, like, but it'd be Shannon because she's going to be like my brother. Um, and lover. The only other guess I would have would be, I, I can't remember it. So I guess I don't have the other guess. All right. Remember what I said last week, where the next three episodes are, like, really good. This is one. Next week is two, so don't be upset. Oh, is it Jack? It's Jack. How is there another Jack episode? It's titled Do No Harm, and a lot of it is about Jack trying to save Boone's life. Okay, I should have guessed that, because obviously I knew they were going to be trying to save Boone, but I didn't think about who was going to be trying to save Boone. All right, I'm going to just put it out there, my guess. I think that the flashbacks are going to be about him trying to save, like, a specific person. It's going to be, like, the one patient that's, like, stuck with him, like, his whole career. That's my guess. All right. I'll keep that. I'm trying to remember the flashback. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I thought your face was telling me that I was right. Oh, I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. Okay. Actually, going back, I just said that I feel like the next three episodes are amazing. At the top of this one, it felt like you didn't like this episode. I think it just made me upset. Like, I lo- it was a good episode. But I just, like, I'm just upset. One, you know, it's like I have my issues with Locke. And it was a heavy on Locke. And it was heavy on Locke being, you know, all like the signs. And we have to listen to the island. And like, I think that just is really frustrating to me. And then, of course, it ends in somebody getting hurt because of that. But like you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. But it's hard to argue against him 
just with everything that's happened. I know it's just frustrating. I, it, it's just frustrating. Like, I, I don't know that I would have done anything different. Like if I'm in his position, yeah, I'd be trying to find that plane. I just am upset that like the whole time he's convincing Boone that this is the right thing to do. And now Boone is like seriously hurt. Did it ever occur to you that maybe the island's like not good? Like all yeah. these, all these things that keep happening. Like, yes, there's some sort of element going on here, but like, it just keeps leading to just terrible I have, things. I've never thought that this island was good. Really? They all, they all crashed there. And like a lot of people are dead. Nothing about that is like, oh, this island is super good, super positive vibes on this island. So why do you think Locke essentially worships it? Because he got something from the island, something big. But it's like he I think when you it gives us insight when you look back into his life pre-island and he's had like a really shitty life and he takes like, you know, any little morsel of kindness and like latches onto it so it's like almost like he's in an abusive relationship with the island like the island is like i let you walk so you have to do everything that i want you to do and he's gonna do it because he's like the island gave me this gift and so i'm not gonna question it it's not like everything that's happened on the island is bad lock and walk hurley has basically gotten away from the curse something really bad has happened Sun is free. Shannon started over. Saeed and her are like finding happiness. Kate is free. The island is love bombing them. Do you know what that means? Yeah, so you just show a lot of affection up front. So by the time you get to the bad part, you don't, you can't think, oh, you can't possibly be, or anyone, really anyone can be abusive, but they can't possibly be abusing me. They did all these nice things. Exactly. The island has sucked them in. I mean, first it, you know, made their plane crash. I, I do think that the island it made killed the plane like crash. 300 people. Yeah. The island killed a bunch of people, but then it was like, but I saved you. You're special. And I'm going to do all these nice things for you. And it's fine. Everything's fine. And then I think shit's going to go down. Shit is going down right now. And as far as I'm sure you're going to ask me what my prediction of Boone is, right? Yes. It's hard because I couldn't really tell. Like they really quickly showed his injuries. But a you plane guys, fell on top of it. Yeah, I get that. He's like very hurt. But you guys keep talking about like, this isn't Game of Thrones. We're not killing off people. But I guess I have to ask myself how much of a main character is Boone? Well, like, the other the other thing is Game of Thrones, you know, short seasons, nine episodes, and they killed the main character. Yeah. We're going on episode 20. I think because we are getting close to the finale... But the thing is, it's like the finale is three parts, right? Yes. And what is the, we just did episode 19 Mm -hmm. and 21 is the first part of the finale. No, 23. We still have do no harm, an episode that you don't Don't. know anything about, and then a Kate episode. And then the finales? Yes. Because remember, the finale is basically one episode. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But like. I don't know. That might change my prediction because I was going to predict that he dies because we were so close to the end. But like, there's so many episodes before they're going to kill someone not in a finale episode. Like, that's kind of crazy. Unless maybe, he's like, maybe they kill survives this long. I don't know. 
I, like, I'd like to think that he's not going to die. I'll be really sad if he dies. I'll tell you that. Like cry? I mean, probably. You said it takes a lot for you to cry. Yeah, we'll see. I'll probably at least get choked up. I'm going to go with like, I'm just going to hope that he doesn't die. Maybe he like, well, no, his arm is, I was going to say, maybe he like loses an arm or something, but his arms looked fine. Or maybe a leg. His legs looked fine too, I think. I don't know. I, I couldn't really tell. It looked like his like torso was what was jacked up. I'll tell you now that that scene of Jack yelling at Kate is a little teaser of, I was going to say, wet the appetite, a little teaser of what Jack is going to be like next week. Do you think you can handle that? I think I'll be understanding because it's a very stressful situation. I, if anything, I'd be annoyed if Kate is like hesitant the whole time helping him. I'm going to be annoyed at her. The other thing, I forgot to say this earlier. I was a little bit annoyed with this whole like Jack was helping Sawyer like and Kate's like, oh, will you help him? Like, And then he's like, I, I didn't do it for for him. Honestly, I'm a little annoyed because I feel like Kate doesn't deserve Jack's flirtation and his like niceties. Thank like, you. She's doing all this stuff to help Sawyer, which is fine. I don't like, I, I would do stuff to help Sawyer too, but like, I just feel like I, it almost feels like she's like manipulating Jack and I don't like it. I don't think she deserves it. Kate is the problem. It's me. Hi. Kate's the problem. It's me. Okay. That's not, don't do T-swizzle like that. Sorry. But yeah, I, I, just talking to you, mom and dad, everyone is like, yeah, Jack sucks. I'm just like, does he? <laughs> I still think he sucks in his own way. I just like this time I was just like annoyed with Kate didn't even do anything wrong. I just think that like Kate, our Kate would have found a way to point out all the things that Kate yeah, has done wrong. That's true. But like, I don't think she did anything wrong. I just think like Jack is like a little puppy dog for her. And I don't think that she deserves it. Well, next week is very intense. It's a very good episode, in my opinion. I Really, we haven't had a back, bad Jack episode yet, but you know who the worst person to be in that operating cave would be? It's Hurley. Charlie? Hurley? Charlie would be bad, too. Hurley's oh. not good with blood. Oh, yeah, that's true. And probably Kate, too. She, like, I, I think that she's, like, not good under stress and that she's just going to be really annoying. But I am excited for the episode. So if you're excited for the episode... Please join us next week when we cover Do No Harm. And until then, you can find us on TikTok. And at this point in time, we should have some super fun TikToks that we recorded with our family when we were together over Christmas and our mother. And a lot of people think we have a hot mom. So go check out our hot mom on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod. You can find us on Instagram at Lauren Gets Lost Pod and on Twitter at Lauren Gets Lost. You can find us on Facebook, join in some discussions, argue about what we have to say or just say that I'm really funny. And if you think that I'm really, really, really funny and you want to donate to our podcast, you can do that with the link in the episode description. And the other way you can help us out is by rating us five stars and sharing us with your family, your friends, your Nigerian drug smuggling priests, etc. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Bye.